calling all jerks. Calling all jerks, it's time for our now playing reviews. Now now playing independent review. Yeah. Exciting stuff, man. Support independent film, y'all. Especially when it's really good and unique and wonderful and beautiful and, can we say, majestical. (laughs) Yeah, because you're talking about The Hunt for Wilder People. The Hunt for Wilder People. If you haven't heard of it, you're probably a loser. Yeah, it's directed by Taika White. Titi, who uh, you might know from what we did in the shadows, what yeah. we do in the shadows, what we do in the shadows. He stars and writes and directs it, and he's directing the new Thor film. If that means anything to all y'all, um, but he wrote and directed this. It was based on a book by Barry Crump, New Zealand writer, and he adapted the screenplay. And uh, it's I, I have to say, it might be my favorite film this year. So far, man, it's so unique in its sort of film telling and this the story it's just a really special little story it reminds me of like a bunch of movies i used to watch as a kid like goonies like stand Mm -hmm. by me like lost boys where there's something that we don't really get in movies today with relationships between Mm -hmm. characters yeah i feel like movies are so story driven and they're so about now setting up a sequel that you kind of lose touch with like, I don't know what really matters in a movie, which is the story and the character relationships mm-hmm. and like the journey. There's like, there's this movie is quite a journey through the New England bush or the, New New Zealand, New England, <laughs> <laughs> New England bush. <laughs> New Zealand bush. The New bush England doesn't New, have much of a bush. There's no bush in there. New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, in New England. <laughs> it's this whiskey. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> It's Friday. You know? Yeah, I mean, what was to me really refreshing along to your point is that this story is not driven by an outcome of we've got to have a sequel or we've got to make a hundred million dollars million dollars and recoup our our budget. It's, this is driven by the story and the characters. And yeah. it's well, it's sort of anti that it's not even normally yeah. is not. It's, it's almost like intentionally not that like this movie is nothing like that. And it's still one of the most entertaining films I've seen all year. Absolutely. And it really, I really endeared, because I personally went through sort of, it's about this fat, troubled youth. Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. And as a boy, I was once a fat, troubled you youth. You were? Yeah. I wasn't you were as fat I wasn't like as that. fat as no, He's pretty fat, he's but like in an adorable, charming oh, way. Oh, he's fucking the cutest kid ever. Yeah. And he's, he was and like he's a, a great actor. Yeah. And he's Julian got, Dennison is the actor. And yes. my God, that kid's a star. That kid, man. I, I really hope he doesn't become like a male Rebel Wilson thing where he's just like this fat person for hire. Yeah, well. Like, you never know. He's not tainted by... Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. Yet. Yet. He's still... But this is a breakout performance. And he's acting opposite Sam Neill, veteran actor. Who's amazing in this role. And their relationship. greatest roles. Yeah. It's incredible what what Taiko, the director, writer, Taika, was able to get from the two of them together. Because what kind of... That's like the oddest relationship. We should get into the story to describe the relationship. Basically, Ricky Baker is a troubled youth. He's a bad egg. (laughs) He's a, bad, <laughs> he's a bad egg, this one, bad egg. And uh, he he's going bouncing from foster home to foster home. But describe what that bad egg is because the, the, this child services, no child left behind. Yeah, Pam. Uh, Paula. Paula. Paula, get your names right today. I don't know, New England and Pam. Or, <laughs> Tycho, you got your names wrong. Ronald it's Baker. So 
so she's she. It starts with her showing up at this farmhouse in the middle she, of nowhere, right, New Zealand, where she's dropping off the kid. And she says he's a bit big. He steals. He graffitis. He spits. He, he like the he, whole list yeah. is so hilarious. And as she's going over it, they kind of have these little montage cuts of him <laughs> yeah. doing all. And it's just like the most harmless boy <laughs> like shit. A dick. He, yeah, he's like spray painting a dick on a garage, <laughs> like that's covered in spray paint. He's a bit big. He kicks things. He like kicking a sign. Like yeah. it's the most like <laughs> harmless. So he awesome. spits. He spits. Spits off the <laughs> spits off the turnpike. It's a car. Yeah, it's a bit big. You it know, is a bit big. And this woman. Bella, who's like you first meet her, and she's ridiculous. She's yeah. wearing like a kitty sweatshirt. Yeah, with the sweater, hair all and dirty. She's all and... like, "Hello, little one." And you don't. I mean, I kind of thought it was going to go a different direction with her, but you instantly are endeared to her as like the she, way they yeah. weave into it. And her husband is Sam Neil. Heck, the heck, hick. So he's and he's sort of like the bushman. Yeah, and he wants to be left alone, and he likes to deal like his hunting and his working, and he doesn't really want to get to know the kid. Right. At all at first. And, you know, Bella's the glue of the now new family. And she's a, a really incredibly well-crafted, intricate character. Because, yep. yes, on, if that was an American film, mm-hmm. it would have been the crazy lady with the kitty, Hello Kitty sweatshirt in the right. Midwest who made cookies and be very one-dimensional. But she's yeah. many dimensions. Yeah. And, and really kind of interesting. She comes out and she's kind of... It almost reminded me a little bit of a Baz Luhrmann character. Mm. Um, you know... Uh, like Moulin Rouge or... Or the, the dancing one. Strictly Ballroom? Strictly Ballroom. There's, yeah, there's it's elements, like that. There's elements of uh, the mom in that but she but it's not so over the top and then you realize she's actually really caring and she's got a good hat and she's and devoted she's, and she's, stuff yes. yeah like and she finds a way to kind of relate to this because he keeps running away well the funniest one is he gets her the first night and makes a break for it at night and then like it cuts to him and he's like sleeping in the middle <laughs> of the bush and then <laughs> and she's like standing well yeah and he's all dirty she's like standing over him smoking she's like oh that was a close one you made it all of 200 meters <laughs> and they show like him in conjunction to the house and he's literally like just slightly over the right. hill of the house. Like he made it nowhere before he fell asleep and gave up. Well, and the costume design in this is is strategic too because yeah. he's wearing a very like urban outfit. He's wearing like wannabe rapper. Like, but he looks young... like wannabe rapper from Japan. Or but the wannabe <laughs> rapper like 2006. I used to wear those all over print hoodies that zip up all the way. Yeah, with and they like had the Hello Kitty prints or the like yeah, real well, like, like neon weird. dollar signs. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I had one that was all like little like anime skull and crossbones and it was white <laughs> you had that? yeah i did and i used to wear it all the time i thought it was a badass gangsta yeah gangsta. like Scott, we could be like scarface we, we need to get we don't have any cocaine we need we could be like scarface and just kill it <laughs> <laughs> so and so he's like sort of a tough kid but you know he thinks but, he's tough but he's just sort of i gotta say there's something's really special about fat uncoordinated children yeah that just endear myself to them <laughs> when they're sort of they lose their balance easily and yep. they're kind of funny and fat they have a good sense but this humor. kid's smart and yeah. he's clever and you really you fall for him pretty instantly yeah and he's really funny man he understands the beats of how uh the writing because yeah. the comedy writing isn't like american punchline shit like it's sort of more subtle it's not it's not it's more in the writing and the delivery than it is in like the actual here comes a joke here it comes and joke yeah you know <laughs> joke we all laugh you know it's yeah. much different and i re- that's what i liked about what we do in the shadows and that's what i like about uk and now new zealand 
Zealand, these writers and these comedy guys are telling their own different stories. Shout out New Zealand. Yeah, and the beautiful I landscape. Go there. Yeah. It's so funny, man. And so they're in the house and they're kind of sort of slowly getting along and she shows him how to hunt. He's mm-hmm. so the kid and he feels like he's a gangster. Brutally. There's like a crazy brutal scene where she kills a pig. Yeah, with a knife. And like literally slits its throat, and hacking like it. And then they it. show her with blood all over and her. And she's smiling like, like ah, yes, that was a good one. Hilarious. And then he just literally topples over. He like passes yeah, out. Great. Yeah. He's wearing the like little gangster kid clothes. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. But without sort of spoiling it, something happens to the point where he is propelled out into the woods on his own. Yep. And followed by the Sam Neill character. Yeah, because Sam Neill goes after him. Right. And then he finds him and he's like, I'm not going back. I can't go back because if I go back, they'll send me to juvie, juvenile detention. You know? Right. And so Sam Neill's like, well, if you're not going back, I'm not going back. More or less, because we're trying not to spoil shit. Yeah. And so they basically end up becoming like, Bushman relationship this <laughs> yeah. like sort of Hound and Arya relationship kind of yeah. where like out in the middle of nowhere and they're begrudgingly getting along and then they start to really trust each other right. and because Sam Neill is sort of a rough and tumble guy in his past uh-huh. and he sort of like grew up and lived in the bush and he knows the way around this New Zealand bush yep. and all of a sudden they go missing and now like they're wanted right. by, by Paula by Paula and the, the child services yeah. No, no child left behind. <laughs> there's there's like some really funny scenes with her. She's awesome. That, and I think some of it's got to be some New Zealand insider jokes too. Because well, Reese Darby's in it Reece too. Darby's and he plays a hilarious it. like Sam, crazy Sam, the Bushman. Yeah. And there's a a a, a scene where he's talking about forms. You got. I'm out of it because you got to fill out form, and then you got to fill form. And I can yeah. only imagine that like. Everybody's super, life in New Zealand is filling out forms because yeah. I, I, it was one of those things where I don't think Americans it didn't got translate, the joke, but I could tell that it was something that translated to other countries' audiences. Well, yeah, like well, a lot of those countries, like Canada, UK, uh, New Zealand, Australia, it's so bureaucratic. Yeah, like we're bureaucratic here, but there like it's that. like a yeah. no. It's when it's all run by government. Everything, right. the fucking liquor store is owned by the government. The beer store is right. literally the beer store. Well, you're talking about Canada. That's Canada, yeah. but still, like it's very similar. That whole right. like Commonwealth stuff. But so they're, they're, I mean, and then the story chronicles their adventures, which are hilarious and heartwarming and tragic and sad and yeah, happy. And yeah, but you don't fault the movie ever. Like no. when it gets dark and some someone dies or an animal dies, you're not like, oh, fuck this movie. Like it really stays true to itself and the world it creates because it's very heartwarming and endearing. Mm-hmm. And like you think in an American film, like, like, let's say Old Yeller, the dog dies. It's a sad movie about a dog dying. Right. Everybody the, knows that. That's the movie. Right. Like, this movie, there's instances of stuff like that, we'll say, but it's still funny and heartfelt, and you don't leave, like, that's a sad you movie. literally basically just told what it was. <laughs> no, it's, it not at all. Like, not at all. There might be one moment in the movie, like, so you're not going to see this great movie now, because no, hypothetically, no, no. lighten up, spoiler. <laughs> what are you, like, one of those spoiler <laughs> police? No, just a Little fucker. Little fucker. There's and uh, Taika Waititi has a hilarious cameo in the film. We can't tell you who he is, but or I might very, spoil it. But it's uh. very, very funny. And uh, yeah, and he's the guy that wrote it and directed it. Yeah, and it's just a minor character, but it's really fucking funny. Yeah, and so Sam, so they're being chased, and like, the, the, I feel like the the brilliance of this movie 
that I really came to realize, I think last night I was thinking about it, is that it almost feels like the story was written by a 13-year-old boy. Hmm. Like, it's a movie about a 13-year-old boy and an old man written by the mind of a 13-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. Because there's certain aspects of it that are so unrealistic, but there's something that, like, um, conflict, you know, like, Uh there's moments where it's like, that could only be written by the mind of a 13-year-old. Right. Because reality, like, because it feels so based in reality. Yeah. But then the way certain things are resolved or the way they get away from things and resolve things are, like, only only a kid would think that that could happen that way. That's that's really a good point. Yeah. Because there's several scenes where they're being chased by lots of people. Yeah. And they're not that... This is a fat kid and an old man. Yeah, I know. They're like far <laughs> away. It's so funny. They're like across the country. Yeah, they like escape. Like, they're like an arm's length away. And they're being and they chased by like SWAT escaping. teams and yes. shit. Well, the, one of the funniest moments is when he, the kid's hiding and there's like a helicopter <laughs> that lands with like SWAT team. And then the SWAT team comes down and he's like, oh, ninjas. Because they have like all black with masks. Right. And then they have like sniffing dogs. He's like, oh, direwolves. Yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> a kid's funny. mind. It's so fun. Ninjas and direwolves. Yeah. We got to go being chased by ninjas and direwolves you gotta get out of here it's like it's like a kid wrote right. this movie it's fucking brilliant man. Well, and then when he meets the girl you meet the girl on horseback and they do that whole like, like slow-mo like, Wayne's world yeah with the hair blowing yeah you know, and Garth's the hair flash time yeah, fast like, times at Ridgemont High thing yeah, yeah. yeah and uh he ends up sort of hanging out with this girl and her father and I mean all the supporting characters are phenomenal really believable and, as like New Zealand like you know Bush people or working Ordinary, class people, ordinaries, yeah. yeah, but they're still really funny and good natured, and, <laughs> and it it's never gets too schmaltzy, like with the relationship between him and Sam Neil, right. like they become close and they get into arguments and they have a falling out, and I don't know, I feel like they, like I said about Sing Street, like there's something that the UK or Ireland, New Zealand, they can do different range of emotions without it being a fucking rom-com or without schmaltz yeah man and still having it be funny and it's funny when it's supposed to be funny and it's sort of heartwarming or uh heartbreaking Mm. when it's supposed to be but it's never like assumes that identity as a film the the blueprint the blueprint rom-com now like you said now we laugh. Now we yeah. Now we cry. Yeah. Now, yeah. now we, we feel sad. Yeah. Now he's a dick. You're a dick. <laughs> you broke her heart. You jerk. You got to fix this. Yeah. It's fucking genius. I. Uh, it's a really unique theater going experience. It is. And like, I don't see how someone could leave that theater being like, like what a waste of time, or like what a you know where's no. where's Iron Man? Like what the fuck, you know? Well, and I'll tell you too. We saw when we first sat down, like when we picked the seats. It wasn't that fill, and then the fi- the film, the theater completely filled up. Yeah, like, by, the by the time, time the, the movie film started. started, and people, we got a complete a standing ovation, at clapping yeah. at the end. Everybody was so into it, and you yeah. could see that was one of those experiences where. I don't feel like we have those anymore when we go to films. No, I mean, not you, really. You have it by default going to see the new Star Wars film only from a nostalgic point of view because, quite frankly, that film doesn't 
produce the same kind of emotions that the originals. And no, I guarantee that everybody's responding to a nostalgia, which is why they're clapping and feeling yeah. and uh, hearing the music. Or you go to a midnight showing where it's like all people dressed up. And right, gonna, yeah. that kind of thing. But this is like a genuine old time theater experience where everyone is fully entertained and just loving this film. In every You're way. You're all in. You're all in. Like Goonies, because Goonies is kind of scary in parts, and Goonies is like there's a fucking shootout yeah. in cars, but it's still like a comedy. Like, I don't right. think of that as an action. I think of it as sort of like an, a comedy adventure, and that's how I would describe this, is this movie. It's a smarter film than Goonies. <laughs> I I'll, guess. You know, it's, more, it's more of a, it's, you know, obviously it's modern day, and it's kind of not quite as sticky. I mean, Goonies has some shtick to it because it's eighties, you know? Yeah. But it still, it gives me that same sort of like comedy adventure film. Yeah. Like, and that's how I would describe this movie. Cause there is a real sense of adventure in this movie. Absolutely. And you really see it with the, even the cinematography, like the way they photograph oh, the landscape. beautifully shot. Yeah, yeah, man. It really showcases like how Lord of the Rings did in New Zealand. You really mm-hmm. get a taste of how fucking majestical... <laughs> the kid says that word in yeah, there. Yeah, Sam Neill, because he can't read. Remember? Right, he right. And so he has these words that like aren't words That's and shit. Hilarious. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's a, it definitely, I would describe it as sort of a comedy adventure film. Well, and the dial, but the dialogue is incredibly smart. Yeah. And it, there's this one really scene I just love where she, Paula, finds him across the creek and she's like, climb over, we caught you. And, and he's like, no, I'm like the terminating. She's like, no. I'm like the Terminator. You're Sarah Connor. And, and, and no, then he's like, I'm more like the Terminator than you. Yeah. He's like, no, you're not. You're more like Sarah Connor. But from the first movie, first you could do chin-ups. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. And, and then like, cause it's like this ravine in between them. And so she's like, we can't come across. So you just, you come up, you come over here, Ricky. And he's like, no, I'm not going over there. It's like, yeah, you have to come. Just grab, you know, some roots or something and some vines and just, you know, hop over and we'll catch you. And he's like, no, fuck you. And like, he runs off yeah. and escapes them. Which is why you're so right. It is yeah. almost like, in, in that sense, it's kind of like where the wild things are. Like, yeah, totally. You know, it's. That. I never saw the movie, but the well, story. The, not the, the story, yeah. The story itself is, yeah, it's like this fucking ch- ch- uh, child book. Yeah. Even when they show him, like, drawing pictures and they're really shitty but funny. Yes. Yeah, like, yes. it's like these kids' drawings, <laughs> like, kid <laughs> writing. And just to think that, like, you could just go live in the New Zealand bush and be fine. Right. And just, like, sort of scavenge around for food and right. hunt you know it's like okay like you know and he's obsessed with like he's finding toilet paper and he's obsessed with like gangster rap and yeah, shit and he, he has a dog he named, well they give him a dog for his birthday and he's like i don't know probably named it like tupac and she's like what's tupac he's like yeah he's like the greatest rapper ever he's my best friend so hard a kid would say it's like yeah he's just like the good rapper yeah he's my best friend like he's best friends with tupac i gotta tell you i really think that taiko waititi is the next wes anderson i think he's like the next great independent filmmaker i mean i know he's doing thor but if 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 you're listening to this we would love to interview you oh we have to say he favorited our tweet yeah we didn't mention that yet did we no no just this morning, I think you posted a tweet saying, like, we're going to re- review it or a brilliant film. Yeah. And then we had a like on it, and it was fucking him. Yeah, and we were like, shit. Holy shit, he just like liked the tweet. Thank you for yeah, doing that. thank if, you for doing that. If we're you're fans, listening. Big yeah. fans. We'd love to interview you. Yeah, this movie stands out, though. And it keeps, like, it's there. it resonates with the audience. Like yeah. you said, people don't just clap for movies. No. And it's, you know, people make fun of it because it's like, no one can hear you. It's not a live performance. But, like, regardless. Yeah. 
Oh, no. I think when people clap in a movie, I mean, this doesn't happen that much. When you clap in a movie, something moves you to do it that you have no control over. And you were into it. says It sort of says like you're into the story from beginning to end. Like there was never a moment where you sort of lost interest. Yep. I feel like you get that reaction from people when they're like, yeah. Yeah. And it ends and it ends in in really a happy note. It does. It doesn't end with some sort of tortured decision or something. Like Sing Street. Like Sing Street. Yeah. It ends very... um, uh, with you know uplifting. Up, uplifting well and also this is a film that my 87 year old mom would love yeah well, your 87 year old mom's it's different than hip. most 87 year olds professor she's pretty and she goes and sees like every cool. movie and like can discuss them at length and stuff but but still a she, lot of people would like this film it's just yeah. so charming it just gave it is me charming such a warm feeling like but not in like a schmaltzy shitty american movie way like in a like really genuine god that was smart and funny and thank mm-hmm. you and it makes you kind of want to go thank you for doing something so well, like that and thank you that like a movie like this could get made without yeah. robert downey jr attached or right. fucking whoever attached right. and whatever producers you know it's like just make the movie and let us fucking enjoy it you know and right. it did all of the festivals yep. it got really critically acclaimed well, at it's festivals smashing records in in new zealand apparently for box office i'm and... surprised man this seems like a real hometown hero kind of movie yeah i mean i'm sure they love it that their countryside's being displayed so well right and the score is really cool the score was fantastic was so cool it was all sort of synthesized like you could tell he probably was in the studio making that shit is what it sounded like yeah. with with other collaborators but yeah, there's a lot. There's so many elements to this movie that make it a really unique, almost like Back to the Future, comedy action. Yeah. It's like a comedy adventure. Right. I, it's almost like a drama, uh, genre in itself. And I feel like that, those are the ones that resonate with people forever. Right, right. The comedy adventure film. Back yeah. to the Future is that. Goonies is that. Even Stand By Me is kind of a comedy. I would like film. in it. I would almost. I would put it more on the same level of Stand By Me. Not nothing against Back to the Future and Goonies because I grew up with those films. I me love too. them. But I love Stand By Me. Stand By Me in this is an Oscar caliber film. As, as is Stand By Me. And the other two we're not more quite like of that fun, same level yeah. this is real. like i just want to make it clear that this is yes all those things that you're talking about but right. it's an oscar quality level film. we were saying it could get nominated for screenplay yeah i hope it would too bad it came a- out in the summer instead adapted of screenplay the way they do their well oscar even PR. but still adapted screenplay man like yeah. just because it's the summer like that's a pretty niche category it is i really hope it does and i hope that everyone goes and sees it in the theaters because it's a good theater experience it is a good theater experience it's not like i'll wait for that to come out don't don't there's some of the landscape shots and like you can tell they're shooting from a helicopter and you know what they're able to capture and display like they're in a a million hectares or meters of bush right new zealand bush wild you know wilderman wilder people yeah it's so cool it's so cool and I, yeah we're really doing a good job not spoiling it because know, we, usually we usually go spoil. step by step and spoiling. just we didn't spoil sing street either no we didn't really maybe i think not. we spoil when we're kind of like and this is the by the books movie that we're reviewing like but this is like one i definitely you know you should go I think see it we're excited we want we're people to see it excited yeah and, we want uh, people to go see it so what's our justice and doom rating i give it a 9.5 me too solid. me too solid 9.5 and not even on like a scale like 9.5 as out of any 10 movie. that is folks. yes out of 10 yeah not out of 
11. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The well, spinal tap scale. They don't know how our scale works. <laughs> 11. We do the spinal tap scale. Oz go up to Some 11. Some nerds do. Some okay. nerds do. Okay. I'm sure they do. <laughs> name, name one. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I give it a 9.5. You get, we both do. 9.5. Uh, justice. Justice. Big justice. Go see it. And uh, yeah. You it won't was, be disappointed. It's a, it's a fun summer movie. Go see it in the summer. Go to yeah. the theater. Go on a hot day. Go see a matinee. And you'll leave feeling uh, invigorated and with a zest for life. <laughs> you'll want to go backpacking with a fat boy and make adventures. <laughs> I will. Well, Ricky Baker Ricky is Baker. my new hero. And that kid, I, I hope we see him again soon as do the rest of the cast because... Um, they're all good. Yeah. Rachel House, who played Paula, was wow. She so was funny. So good. Yes, yeah, so funny. Everyone was good. Love the film. Go see it. Love it, love it, love it. That is it for us uh, for now playing reviews. And we will be back with The Purge. Our 4th of July review. We'll see Election you then. Election year. Going from uh, to a totally different extreme. And it is extreme. Yep. Yep. Till then, we'll see you. Have a good 4th of July weekend. Drink lots of uh, Kentucky mash. <laughs> and eat a lot of mashed potatoes. What do people eat on Fourth of July? Hot dogs and hamburgers. Oh. <laughs> Usually eat hot dogs and mashed potatoes and gravy. No way. Do we eat pork chops and mashed potatoes? No. Do we eat chocolate bars? No. Happy Fourth, everyone. Happy Fourth, squirts. See you, jerks. <laughs>